Hello, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 53 of the We Are Speaking Podcast. During each weekly 30-minute episode, we address some of our favorite topics, including American history and culture, government, education, and politics from a black perspective. We're so glad you're joining us today. The podcast is brought to you by our company, the Team Owens 313 Global Creative Community, and supported by our paid subscribers. We offer branding and marketing services, including valuable ebooks, online training, and small group coaching to independent writers and creative and solo professionals. You can find out more at our website, teamowens313gcc.com. As a free or paid subscriber to the We Are Speaking publication, you can access the podcast episodes through the website or on your favorite podcast player. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. My name is Pamela Hilliard-Owens, and I am one of the co-hosts of We Are Speaking in partnership with my husband and business partner, Keith Owens, who also wrote and performed the intro and outro music for the podcast. And speaking of Keith, here he is. Good to be here once again. A lot happened this week, as usual. We had uh, more going on with Jack Smith and Trump and a lot going on in Russia and Ukraine because of what happened last week with the failed mutiny. But the big topic this week is the Supreme Court, and that's what we're going to talk about this week. So our topic this week is the illegitimate Supreme Court of the United States. And in, in many ways, it is illegitimate. So Chief Justice Roberts, who was appointed to be Chief Justice by, in 2005 by George W. Bush, has the unmitigated gall to be upset that the three liberal members of the Supreme Court are criticizing the six conservative members and accusing them of judicial overreach in many of the court's recent decisions. By the way, at, the first, at first, Bush nominated Roberts to be an associate justice to replace Sandra Day O'Connor, who was retiring to take care of her sick husband, but then Chief Justice William Rehnquist died. So Bush nominated Roberts to be Jim Chief Justice and nominated Samuel Alito to be Associate Justice. Samuel Alito, remember that name. Remember George W. Bush himself first became president in 2000 when the Supreme Court halted the disputed Florida hanging chad ballot count, although Vice President Al Gore had won the popular vote. And during the second and third weeks of June, this no, not this month, last month now, June 2023, three decisions were handed down that were favorable to liberals and progressives, but that, was, but that streak would not last. And we need to keep that really in mind because mm-hmm. we, we got happy about some things, but then the hammer fell. On June 8th, five to four vote rejected an effort to further weaken the Landmark Voting Rights Act in the congressional redistricting case from Alabama. And that was huge especially considering that Chief Justice John Roberts, who wrote the opinion for this decision, also wrote the decision in 2013 for Shelby County versus Holder that all but gutted the 1965 Voting Rights Act. And that's why some of us got kind of semi-excited, because he has done that, but now he came back right, right. and supported the Voting Act. And the Voting Rights Act had been re- uh, reapproved all these years right. on a bipartisan basis. Then all of a sudden, I, I can still see the, the, the shocked faces of President Obama and Attorney General Eric Holder. They were almost in tears. They were so angry. Right, because it, it, was, it was just pro form. I mean, right. just, I mean, people didn't even think about it. This was, it was automatically done, but now they're starting, they're doing everything they can to turn back the clock in right. every which way they can. Right. On June 15th, the court ruled in favor of Native American families, declaring that they should have preferential treatment over the adoption of Native children, which is also a good thing. 
instead of the children automatically going to white families. Opponents have vowed to keep trying to negate the preference for keeping Native children with Native families in the lower courts. And that also is a good decision because this, as we spoke, I think a little bit about this last week, mm -hmm. it should, this is another, another thing that should be a no-brainer. Right, right. The Native American, of course Native American families have preference over where Native children go. Right, and, and this, this comes from a 1978 act, and now this is 2023, and we're still talking about right. this. How can you talk about where, who, that they can't even have rights over their own children, and then say white people should have preference over where these children go. Right. And then on June, uh, and this 20, is the, the, June 2023, 2027. Which is just last Tuesday. Right, last Tuesday, and this is the, the, the court ruled in, I'm sorry, the court had a decision, a decisive defeat to Republican advocates for a broad endorsement of a fringe legal theory that would give state legislators, legislatures almost unlimited powers over election regulation. This independent state legislature's theory was first proposed by Trump advisor John Eastman right after the 2020 presidential election in his attempt to keep Trump in power by attempting to give decisions for assigning electors to the states, which at the time had more Republican legislatures than Democratic ones. And this was the big one, right. um, that, because this, what, if had that non gone, gone through, and I think it's important to say that as, as traumatic as the other things are that we're about to discuss, this is still a big win because if the if the Republicans had received that victory, mm -hmm. they essentially would have control over elections, right? Because they would have. You're going back to states' rights, right? Exactly. It doesn't matter what the federal government says; we can do whatever we want. And it didn't matter what how the people voted, right? Because that's what happened with the fake electors. You know, right. the people voted for Biden, but these but they wanted the states to send in their own oh, set of electors. electors. Right. And not only would would have would this theory have allowed that to happen, but there would be no oversight in each state by the um, governor or by the state right. supreme court. What it would have been would have been, it would have been legalized lawlessness, right? Exactly, because they basically they would have just let them run wild and do what they exactly, wanted. To do. Exactly, so exactly. So that was um, completely crazy. Right, um, right, right. And then before we go to a word from our sponsor, let's quickly go back and see how we got such a, such a conservative six three Supreme Court over the past few years. They're super conservative, super majority. And back in you might remember back in February 2016, while Barack Obama was still. He was in the last year of his second term. Conservative Associate Justice Antonin Scalia died. I don't think they expected him to die. I think no, like they like did, they, didn't. they didn't really. And so President Obama nominated Merrick Garland to fill the vacancy, but Mitch McConnell, who was Senate Majority Leader at the time, refused to even give Garland a hearing, much less a nomination um, hearing, uh, saying, uh, uh, no, not uh, give Garland meetings, because they first go to meetings with different congressional people on the Senate Judiciary Committee, and then they have the confirmation hearings. He would not even let Garland yeah, have meetings. meetings. Right. And, and he said that it was too close to the November presidential election that was going to take place nine months later. And people need to remember that Barack Obama, he had Democrat in charge of the House and Senate only for the first two years of his eight years in office. The other six years, he was fighting with House and Senate Republican majorities. It's a, it's a wonder he got anything done. But keep that in mind when, when, we're, when we're going down a little bit uh, later. The court was, so Mitch allowed the court to be left with eight members until after Trump who lost the popular vote to Hillary Clinton, but won the Electoral College, became president. And then after that, and before we go, I think it's also important to, to really emphasize, really put an, I guess, an exclamation point at what 
uh, and what was done here because they really showed their McConnell and the rest of them really showed their colors and what they were willing to do. And the Democrats have, have so for, for so long, and still to some degree, too much, want to take the high road right. mm -hmm. and want to play fair. And I'm not advocating breaking the rules, playing fair. But when you when you're dealing with the side that will do these kind of things, right, right, you know that because we have a Supreme Court justice stolen, right, and nothing is done. Who will lie, cheat? This is what they will do, right. Know? And this which moves us forward because um this is where two we weeks after his inauguration, right? two weeks after his inauguration. After uh, Trump's inauguration in February 2017, Trump nominated Neil Gorsuch to fill the seat left vacant by Scalia's death and kept and kept open, which is kept open by Mitch McConnell for a year. For, for a year, right? And then, then in June 2018, Associate Justice Anthony Kennedy decided to retire without prior notice. Took everybody by right, surprise. Nobody saw that coming. Mm -hmm. Then he was he was Justice Kennedy was nominated by Ronald Reagan but was the positive deciding vote on several important cases, including the same-sex marriage vote in 2015. So in July 2018, Trump nominated Brett Kavanaugh to fill Kennedy's seat, although Kavanaugh had been credibly accused of several instances of sexual assault. Going all the way back to college. Uh, college right, all the way back, back to Yale, right? Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Professor Christine uh, Blasey Ford testified during Kavanaugh's confirmation hearing, but to no avail. Kavanaugh was confirmed by Mitch McConnell's Senate majority anyway. And this, again, this is emphasize what I was talking about. Right. That they will hold up, they won't even give someone like Merrick Garland meetings. And they will hold up his seat, will not allow anyone to come forward. But then this guy comes with credible allegations of sexual assault, which should sound familiar with Clarence Thomas. I mean, and they, but they'll say no, no problem there. We'll just, we'll just run him through. And And something that, that a lot of people forget, uh, Brett Kavanaugh also had 900... $92,000 of his club fees paid. He had his mortgage paid for $1.2 million and one more large debt that that's who we don't know by who. And one other large debt was paid in between his confirmation and the time that he was installed. Wow. And also Anthony Kennedy, wow. his son was being investigated by, by Deutsche Bank. Okay, and then he all of a sudden, he all of a sudden. That's uh, right. He I, all, I do remember. Yeah. I didn't know about the other one. Yeah. So he all, and then he all of a sudden, and, and when we say all of a sudden, he had already, remember in June is the end of the term. Right. The next term starts in October. He had already hired his interns and all of that, his whole staff for the next session, and then just up and retired. And so, and, and, and that's the thing, because of what they're trying, is what the Republicans are trying to do and what, uh, is say that therefore when we're attacking what they're doing, that this is oh you don't like you don't like what the Republican justices are doing, mm -hmm. then that this is the attack on conservatism, and and this is has nothing to do with the fact when you start talking about all the things that these justices are doing, mm -hmm. you know that mm -hmm. where that have come to light about Justice Thomas, that have come to light about Justice Alito, of all of that they are basically bought and paid right, for, right, right, and but then this is what we're pointing to. Right, you know, right. That not to say, and, the, and that and how clear because they've been trying to get a hold on the court for a long time, right? But they've been disappointed because even when they were appoint Republican or conservative justices, they've been getting the justices who are, who believe in the law, right? Right. So that's right, what they. That's right. What, so now this time they went ahead and 
said, we're just, we're just going to throw that out. Yeah, they were really yeah, shocked when Anthony Kennedy helped vote in same-sex marriage. That's right, because they, they, they thought they had another one bought. Mm-hmm. But, one, but now they just said, and it's clear, they right. bought and paid for this piece. They said, if we have to buy them, we will. Right, right. We're gonna and, and, we're gonna, and, and it doesn't matter that they've been accused of all these things. Exactly. As long as they do what, as long what, they, do what right. they want. That's the same right. thing, which goes in line with what they want right. to do with Trump. And so in, and, septi- so in oh, September of uh, 2020, Liberal Associate Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. She had been nominated by, in 1993, so that was a long time ago, by President Bill Clinton, and she died after a long illness. Many people blame Ginsburg for not retiring during Obama's terms, but it wouldn't have mattered if she had retired because the Senate was controlled by Republicans and Mitch McConnell at that time. And they would not, just like they wouldn't let Merrick Garland go through, they would, they would have held, held, held it up. And so, and, and she, was, she literally was trying to hold on until Hillary Clinton right, was elected. Right, right and, right. and And Hillary Clinton was elected by popular vote, but we know what happened with that. So, so then she died. So she died in September of 2020, and, and then in October of 2020, a month before the November 2020 elections, and while early voting had already started in many states, in a lot of states, early voting starts in September, definitely in October. Trump nominated Amy Coney Barrett to fill Ginsburg seats. Now, Mitch McConnell says nothing about adding a Supreme Court justice so close to an election. And that's what's so infuriating. That's what's so infuriating, that what the, the law's been based mm-hmm. on what they want. And it's so, and and that they're so shameless about mm-hmm. it that they don't even argue it. Right, they just right. make a plain that what we don't care what we have to do, what, how many lies we have to tell, what we're from. They will go ahead right. and do and do these things. And and when he denied Merrick Garland even a here even meetings, he said because it was nine months before the presidential election, he said the people need to decide by voting for their president who who should right. be knocked on the Supreme Court. Well, here he that all went out of the window. That's right. Because if he had kept to what he said before, when Joe Biden would have elected, he could have he could have filled exactly. Ginsburg's seat. Exactly. But no, 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 no. That only applies when it goes for us. Right. It doesn't apply when it goes for you. Because he does, he does, he's not interested in doing the right thing. He's mm-hmm. interested in doing what he wants to do for his party, right. for his side, and to make sure that their their prerogatives get taken care. of. And they want they, they they're looking for rule by the they're looking for minority rule. They're looking for minority rule, and and so now. Three of the six conservatives on the court were nominated by a president who not only lost the popular vote, but is now a twice impeached and twice indicted, so far, former president, and with the help of Mitch McConnell. And that's because of his, of his and I'll give him this, and from an you know, evil genius, mm-hmm. Mitch is focused. Mm-hmm. And anybody who wants to get anything done should take a should take a page from that. Right. But Lyndon Johnson was the same. Like Lyndon mm-hmm. was by any means necessary. Whatever he had to do, and he did some things that were underhanded himself. Mm-hmm. Democrats needed to understand right. this: is that we need to focus on our priorities and just go full force. <laughs> Don't stop. Because real quick, adding your thing about minority rule, because I know we need to go to a break. But mm-hmm. we'll go to minority rule. They've seen the changing, the change of the country coming. Right. right. You know that more immigrants, more darker-skinned people, mm-hmm. the white people are going in the minority. Mm-hmm. So they have been planning. Right. For this, because they, the majority rule means they lose. Right. Right. And 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 one more thing. Then we're going to go to break. Mm-hmm. Maya Wiley said this morning on Jonathan Capehart's show a reminder talking about all the things that the millennials and Gen Z's want you know they, they and are seeing all of their rights being taken away by 2028 
That's only, that's only one election after this next one. By 2028, one-third of the electorate will be millennials and Gen Zs. One-third of the electorate. That's huge. That's huge. That's huge. So a quick word from our sponsor. The We Are Speaking po- weekly podcast is brought to you by our company, the Team Owens 313 Global Creative Community, where we offer online training, valuable ebooks, and s- small group, group coaching to independent authors and creative and solo professionals. And you can find out more at our website, teamowens313gcc.com. And also don't forget, we are also sponsored by our paid subscribers and now... There's a new, uh, a new program with, with Substack where you can get rewarded with free months of uh, paid benefits by referring a, n- a number of people. So uh, we'll talk about that more later, but it's also on the uh, Substack That's website. Good. That's good. Okay, now back to, because we only have a few minutes, mm-hmm. what happened is just in the last two days. As we record this, this is July 1st. So on July, on June 29th, Thursday, and June 30th, Friday, which was the end of this year of this Supreme Court term, they, they handed down three very, very, very terrible decisions. Number one. Yeah, and on third, first audience was the first one on Thursday, June 29th. The court struck down affirmative action for higher education. And this case included Harvard College and the University of North Carolina. Unlike our conservative colleagues Thomas and Alito who continue to receive millions in gifts and then rule on cases for the people who gifted them. In other words, they have not recused themselves right. and they, for cases they should not even be a part of. Associate Justice Kentanji Brown Jackson recused herself from the Harvard portion of the case because she previously sat on a Harvard board. The Harvard case was decided on a 6-2 vote because she had recused herself, while the UNC case was decided on a 6-3 vote. The decision only targets race-based affirmative action, not legacy. That's the thing that's going to be very important. Other types of affirmative action, such as as legacy admissions, admissions of children of university employees, military school affirmative action, and preferential admissions for high-level athletes were were affected or addressed. Were not affected. Were not affected, Right. right. The justices who voted down affirmative action had the nerve to reference the equal protection under the law in the 14th Amendment and, as usual, misinterpret Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King's statement about the content of your character versus the color of your skin. And I just say right here, I, I get so fed up because so many conservatives always come back to that. Mm-hmm. They, it's mm-hmm. like they want to use King against himself. Right. Because they know this is not what he meant. But continually, <clears throat> conservatives, white conservatives, black conservatives come and say, now there was one of the black reps yesterday, the guy one who was running for president. Tim Scott. Tim Scott wanted to say, now we can such a, while he references the two about mm-hmm. now we can finally realize you know, mm-hmm. the content of your character. This is not what that was about. And, and, and what people don't understand, what people refuse to understand, is that affirmative action, they try to say it's a quota system. And that if, if a black person gets in, then an Asian or a white person can't get in. That's not what it's about. Affirm for 350 years since 1619 until the voting the, the Brown versus Board of Education in 1954 and the Voting Rights Act in and the Civil Rights Act in 1964 and the Voting Rights Act in 1965 until then blacks and other non-whites and women were discriminated against in higher in all education you know in segregation of schools but especially in higher education in, in colleges and in uh, grad schools and in medical and law schools. That's only you know, 50, 60 years ago. Oh, yeah. And, so the, and, and what's important, even ab- above that, 
Because what's really going on here is that because you're right. Number one, they're trying to they're trying to rectify that. Mm -hmm. so well, that's, that's what affirmative action is for. Rectify, right? To rectify you know, that. Is, I mean, so they owe us 350 years. Right. Well, that's, that's what I'm getting. <laughs> is, is is that they're what's happening is conservative. They're basically saying that's why they want the history erased. Right. Because exactly. Because they're like saying we're tired of we're tired of paying for for the past. Right. You know they're saying so, okay you've got a few things but we're tired of it. Right. And, and because because they're tired of it they want to erase all the legislation because they they're like we'll put up with this about five days. Right. But they, but like Pam just said they what they really owe. They can't even pay, t take a chance at looking at what they really owe. Right. Yeah. So that, so they just want. So they say, let's just cut, erase the history out of the books, out of the libraries, so that we don't have to go do, and then we can get rid of things like affirmative action. Right. And, and, right. And what people in favor of eliminating eliminating race-based affirmative action refuse to acknowledge. Well, yes, we said in the future, this is supposed to be a quota. It was supposed it's, to level the playing field. It's not, intended, of it's not intended to be a quota. Right, it's not intended to, right, it's not intended to be a quota. This is supposed to level the playing field after centuries of discrimination toward black and brown people in education at all levels. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And then the second one on Friday, June 30th, the last day of Pride Month, the court ruled that companies can refuse to provide services to LBQ, LGBTQA plus people based on their religious beliefs. Not only does this decision enshrine discrimination in the Constitution, but the entire case was built on a false premise. The people who brought this, the, the woman who brought the suit, and it was her, she was uh, back, backed by a group called American Defense Fund, a very, very conservative racist group that backed this woman who brought, and she brought the suit on a hype, completely hypothetical, she said that if she had a website design company, she doesn't have one, and if a gay couple asked her to design a, a website for their wedding, nobody mm -hmm. asked her to because she doesn't even have a company. Then she, she referenced the person that, right. that, that, that said that he wasn't even gay. Right, right. She 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 brought up some guy in, in she's in Colorado. She brought up some guy in California, and comes to find out he, he not only did he not ask her, he's not gay, and he's a web designer himself. Right. Okay. So the whole premise was based on a lie. But then, so if she had a website design company, and if a gay company, a gay couple asked her to design a website for their wedding, she just couldn't bring herself to write the words needed for the website, like, congratulations, Adam and Steve, um, because she was, for a same-sex couple, because she's a Christian. The whole case was built on hypotheticals. Since when do you build a case on you hypotheticals can't. and should not have been adjudicated at all? Never, that's the thing that's, that's, that's horrifying, mm -hmm. is that, mm -hmm. they, that they have gone so far down that road you know that this talking about a, something that doesn't even exist and was built on a false right, premise. right, right. And the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court, the, the, because when you bring a case, you're supposed to show that you were damaged or erred or, right. or or hurt by something. She couldn't have been hurt because she had, she did nothing happened. Right. This is the top court of the land. Mm -hmm, I mean, and mm -hmm. finally, the Supreme the Supreme Court conservative struck down President Biden's executive order for student loan forgiveness of, for up to twenty thousand dollars. The court rejected Biden's, the Biden administration's arguments that the plan was lawful under a 2003 law called the Higher Education, Higher Education Relief Opportunities for Students Act, or HEROES Act. Biden was trying to help student borrowers who had been negatively affected by the pandemic. About 43 million Americans would have been eligible to participate. 43 million. million. Right. Meanwhile, rich Republicans, I think that's like one, how to about 300 million people in the country. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know, so mm -hmm. think about, and that includes babies. Right, right. So, right. so meanwhile, rich Republicans, including many in Congress, had millions of dollars in PPP loans forgiven. From, for, uh, you know, remember the pay, pay, paycheck, 
protection, something like that, loans, and they were given out right during the during the uh, pandemic because right. They, right. right, and so and they were given out in the millions of dollars, and to people who didn't even need them in, in many cases, and millions of dollars were then forgiven. But yet, um, people who make less than seventy-five thousand dollars, who are trying to go to school to better themselves, right. can't get ten or twenty thousand well, dollars. Well, one Democratic rep who named who, who named them. Who yeah. said, he said Marjorie is, Taylor Greene. Marjorie Taylor Greene. But he said how much she was forgiven. Yeah, he, and they, how many people in her district right, right. were being cut off? Yeah, yeah. And he named like about ten of them. Of yes, how much they were forgiven. Yes, and yeah, this just happened. I think yesterday, mm-hmm. this Democratic rep, we can't remember mm-hmm. who it was, but he went to the microphone and named about ten. Uh, con- 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 congressional Republicans, conservative Republicans in Congress, <clears throat> who received a PPP loan, he said how many, how mu- how much the loan that they had was forgiven, and then how many of their own constituents were were being affected mm-hmm. by not by this by not being able to have right. their loans forgiven. And real, I, I said we said conservative Republicans, that's right? Misnomer. These are these are crazy Republicans. Right. These are these, these are, are extreme, the MAGA. These are extreme MAGA. MAGA. Extreme MAGA. Conservative is something totally right, different. So right. They're not right. conservative. They're MAGA Republicans. Mm-hmm. They call Biden's executive order a student loan socialism plan that would be a raw deal for hardworking taxpayers. President Biden said Friday that he would invoke the 1965 Higher Education Act, a different law than the one at issue in the Supreme Court cases, which some experts have said gives the Education Department broad authority, although that proposal could take more time to implement. And this is the thing that, and he said this, uh, President Biden said this over and over again, because this ruling came down about 10.30 or 11 o'clock in the morning. He was on TV at 3.30 in the afternoon because they, 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 they were prepared for this coming. And so the uh, HEROES Act, which was the original one, it, it would have been much faster for, for relief. This HOPE Act, it'll, it'll still give relief, but it'll take longer. So Biden also said, because the, the uh, payments are supposed to restart in October, and <clears throat> Biden realizes, unlike these millionaires, these people are struggling. Mm-hmm. And to have a $200, $300, $400 payment restart after almost three years of not paying it, it's going to be hard for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So he's also implementing a plan to help them get through the first year so that they don't default. Default, right. Right, right. right. And so the student loan repayment process set to begin again at the end of August after having been put on pause during the COVID-19 pandemic, although the first payments will not be due until October. President Biden is also uh, putting into place a separate repayment plan for the first year that would that would right. will help people to avoid late payments. And what, well, first of all, this thing about it's taxing hardworking Americans. So did the PPP loans. Where do you think that money came from? And these are hardworking Americans. The 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 Student Forgiveness Act was because at first they tried to say rich people would would no that it would not affect anyone making. More than one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. That's middle class. One hundred twenty-five, depending on where you live, is not rich. If you live in New York or California, oh, yeah. one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars a year is not rich. In in maybe in somewhere in Mississippi it is, but then most of the people who are on the list make less than seventy-five thousand dollars a year. That is just barely starting middle class, okay, in, in most parts of the country. So, but they are also paying taxes. They act like these people are getting money and they don't pay taxes themselves. These people are working. They're, they're working, going to school, trying to better themselves to get a better job. And they're paying taxes just like everybody and that's else. Why college is almost a four-year college university is almost considered not an option. Right. So many, many are considered in trade schools. Nothing. There's, there's nothing wrong with trade school, mm-hmm. but they can't shoulder that debt. Right. You're going right. In your forties, fifties, and sixties, like what's the point? Right. Of you know, if if everything you make 
is going toward to repay this pay repay this loan. Right. And I think that's that is just it's unconscionable what they're doing. But again, like the emphasize what we said before, this is the tyranny of the minority. Right. The majority of the American people Our, don't do not want any of this. They don't want the abortion ban. All of them. All of them. Affirmative action. Sixty to seventy percent or, or more of people are in favor of what the what the Supreme Court struck down. And I want to say this really quickly because we need to stop. Back in right after World War Two is when the federal government started subsidizing college educations because they saw the benefit of it. And they subsidized college education, uh, the prices of it, at least the tuition and all that, until 1980 when the Republicans came into power, Ronald Reagan and them. Then they stopped subsidizing it and it went to the private companies. That's when these loans came to private companies, all the um, interest and all of that. Bloomed up because what the problem is is not the payments, it's the interest. And I tell people this all the time, and then we have to stop. When when I and my three sisters went to school, well, first of all, my parents in the 50s and 60s, even though black people generally made less money than white people, still the cost of living was completely different. And my father worked and my mother worked, but we could afford, even with four children, to live just on my father's income, and they banked my mother's income from her teaching's career. All of that went into the bank, and that's what paid for our undergraduate education. Now, when I went to graduate school, that was on me, and I had to take out a loan for my graduate school, I remember. But I remember having to pay that back, but I don't remember it being hard. And I was done in five years. I paid off the whole graduate school loan in five years, and that was before 1980. After 1980, that completely all changed because of the way the Republicans want everything to go to the private sector. And they say if the federal government helps to subsidize college educations, that's socialism. So we're going to come back to this, but just keep this in mind, because ever since the 1800s, when it was the Democrats who were, who were the ones who are the Republicans today, they've said the same thing. Anything that helps the people takes, makes, takes money away from rich white people, and it's socialism. They were talking about that when they were talking about paved roads at the end of the 19th century. They didn't want paved roads because they would have to pay for it with their tax money for these lazy people who didn't want to work. So it's the same story 150 years later. Okay, so that's it for this week, and we will return next week, probably with more varied, more varied topics, but we'll have to see what happens. Thank you for listening. See you next week.